Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We continue in chapter 15 which is arguably the most classic, rich, meaningful, and most difficult chapter in all the Bible, in all of the Gospels. And the reason it's difficult is because people interpret it different ways. Some people, listen, saints, some people believe this chapter, chapter 15, teaches that you can lose your salvation if you don't abide in Jesus. I want to encourage you, if you missed last week's teaching, I want to encourage you to stop by the bookstore and pick up a copy if there are any left from first service or order a copy of last week's teaching. You don't want to miss the first part that we uh, talked about. Uh, Two things that we talked about last week concerning losing our salvation and eternal security and abiding in Jesus. Number one, I told you that I don't believe the Bible teaches that you can lose your salvation. Can I get a witness? And number two, I don't believe the subject of John chapter 15 is eternal security. I told you last week, the subject of chapter 15 is abiding. And Jesus uses the image of abiding fruit, not the image of seed taking root. Did you get that? He uses the image of abiding fruit, not the seed taking root. The point of the chapter is not on becoming a Christian. The point of the chapter is is becoming a fruit-producing Christian or a productive Christian. Last week, we pointed out in John 15 that Jesus and his disciples had left the upper room and they are headed toward the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus, um, while walking, uh, sees a grapevine. He grabs a couple of clusters of grapes and he says, Hey, fellas, he says, I am the true vine and you are the branches. And I told you that when Jesus used the word true vine, forgive me while I reiterate from last week, very important. When Jesus said, I am the true vine, the disciples' ears perked up. That got their attention because they were familiar with the word. They knew their Bibles and they knew that Jeremiah chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 5, Ezekiel chapter 15, and Hosea chapter 10, Matthew chapter 21 all tell us that God told Israel that they were the vine, that they were the vine of Jehovah, or that Israel was the root of blessing. Israel saw themselves as the blessing root, that all blessings to all people flowed from them. So when Jesus said, I am the true vine, their ears popped up. What do you mean you're the true vine? Israel's the vine. Jesus says, I'm the real vine. I'm the true vine. They're walking from the upper room. I told you last week that scholars are debating as to whether Jesus is actually leaving the upper room and um, 
giving this sermon in John chapter 15? Or is he still in the upper room uh, giving this sermon in John chapter 15? I told you my position was I believe that Jesus was walking and talking. Leave. He left the room. And the reason why I believe that, because John chapter 14, verse 31 tells us that Jesus said, arise and let us go from here. And I told you that arise and let us go from here in the Greek language means arise and let us roll up out of here. (laughs) Let the church say amen. Amen. Arise and go means arise and go. So I feel that they were walking and talking and Jesus says, I am the true vine. I'm the vine of Jehovah. And no longer is Israel the blessing root. Now a man is blessed by being rooted and connected and identified with Christ. Jesus says, I'm the true vine. That word true, if you weren't here, write this down. The word true means real. It means genuine. It means perfect. I'm the perfect vine, Jesus says, as distinct from the imperfect. I'm the real vine as distinct from the type. I'm the true vine of ancient Israel. John chapter 15 has been talked about, preached about, heard about. But what does it really mean? I'm sitting at my desk yesterday, uh, which, by the way, it rained so hard yesterday. It was a good day to be in and, and reading. And I was so happy because... I was in my office. I had to stay there and study and stay in. And I was so happy because everybody else did too. (laughs) It just brought joy to my heart that no one could go anywhere yesterday. Because on really nice days, it's so nice out. Everybody gets to go out and they get to go to South Point and they go here, there. And I'm stuck studying in my office. And on nice days, I'm like, oh, man, Lord, I got to stay in my office and everybody's there. So yesterday it was pouring down, raining, and nobody could go anywhere. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) It's so nice. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm thinking, okay, what does this really mean? I mean, this term abide in Christ, what does it really mean? It's been talked about, preached about, heard about, but what does it really mean? And how does it really flesh out? How does it uh, practically work out in our lives? And in our time together today, I want to answer two questions. You got a pen? I want to answer two questions for you. What does it mean, number one, to abide in Christ? And secondly, really simple, What does abiding in Christ bring? Or what does it mean in my life? Or how does it flesh out? Or how is it practical in my life? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to abide in Christ? And what does abiding in Christ bring? I'm going to give you four points. And this is where you need your pen for sure. Give you four points as to what it means to abide in Christ. Number one, Abiding means we are one with Christ. John chapter 17, verse 20 through 21. We're going to look at all of these. Abiding means we are one with Christ. Number two, abiding means we are dependent on Christ. In John chapter 15, verse 5. Number three, abiding involves total obedience to Christ. John chapter 15, verse 9 through 10. And then finally, we'll talk about abiding involves continuing with Christ in John eight thirty one, Abiding means we are one with Christ. Abiding means we are dependent on Christ. Abiding means we are, it involves total obedience to Christ. And finally, abi- abiding involves continuing with Christ. I've titled this sermon, The True Vine and the Branches, 
part two, selected verses. Uh, we'll pick up and get the context, saints. John chapter 15. Let me get there myself. John chapter 15. And we look at uh, verse one. John chapter 15, saints. We pick up in verse one. If you're looking at verse one, I need you to say a hearty amen. amen. I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may, may bear what, saints? More fruit. Well, y'all reading the same Bible I am? Every branch, what? That bears fruit, he prunes, and that, he may, that it may bear what, saints? More fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me. Underline that. What does it mean? We'll talk about it. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And by this, in verse 8, my father is glorified that you bear what saints? Much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Jesus and his disciples are making their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. Verse 4, Jesus said, abide in me. Stop right there. Point number one, abiding means we are one with Christ. Now, can y'all keep up with me this morning? John chapter 17. Y'all keep up with me, all right? John chapter 17, look at verse 20. Abiding means we are one with Christ. John 17, look at verse 20. Jesus is praying. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be, what saints? One, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. I want you to back up a little bit. Remember John chapter 14. Back up to John chapter 14 and look at verse 20. John chapter 14. I love to hear the sound of Bible pages turning. I love it. John 14, look at verse 20. At that day, remember we talked about that day was the day of Pentecost, remember that? Were y'all with me in that study? At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Again, remember we were talking about the supernatural union between the believer and, 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 and God. And I told you that we are tangled up, listen, I told you that we are tangled up in a relationship. And I like that, 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 that word picture there. We are tangled up in a relationship with Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. We are one with God and God in us. We're one with Christ and Christ in us. We are blended together in a supernatural union. Now listen, the vine and the branch concept is an ideal metaphor because it's filled with parallels of our relationship and our union with Christ. I mean, think about it. A branch grows through its connection with the vine. 
We grow because of our connection and relationship with Jesus. A branch is nothing apart from the vine. We are nothing apart from Jesus. Our energy and our resource and our power come from the vine. A branch draws its energy and power from the vine. We draw strength from Christ. We become strong because of Christ. There's a supernatural union between the vine and the branch and the Christian in Christ. And because of that union, we bring forth fruit. Now, remember I told you, even last week, I think it was, that this is the final I am statement, ego emi, ego emi, E-G-O-I-M-A. Ego emi is a Greek word for I am, and I am is a declaration of deity. So every time Jesus says I am, he's saying I am God. So the next time somebody tells you Jesus never said he was God, you can say, yes, he did. Every time he said I am, he was saying I am God. I told you last time that this was Jesus' final here in John 15, Jesus' final I am statement in John's gospel. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. Before Abraham was, anybody know? I am. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here in John 15, 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. You know, I find it interesting. I certainly don't want to build any doctrine on it or anything like that, but I do find it interesting that Jesus' last and final I am statement has its connection to that of unity and oneness. I am the vine. That speaks of oneness and connection. Again, no doctrine, just making a statement here. And can I encourage you, as you're abiding and God is using you and you start to see fruit, more fruit, much fruit in your life, stay humble. Stay humble. Stay before God. Continue to lean on God. Because what happens is people, when you start bringing forth fruit, God is using you. God is using you in the ministry. God's blessing you. You start to bring forth fruit, more fruit, much fruit. People start to tell you how wonderful you are, how great you are. And before you know it, you start to believe the press. And you're like, you know, yeah, you know, I am am pretty awesome. You know, I'm really not so bad. I'm really pretty good. You start to believe that. And and you start to lose that, 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 that connection to the vine because you're losing your understanding that the only reason why you are bearing fruit, the only reason why you're bearing much fruit, the only reason why you're bearing more fruit is because of your connection to the vine. Remember, we already established that your energy and your source and your power come from the vine. It doesn't come from you. It ain't about you. You're not that wonderful. Go ahead, look at your neighbor and tell them they're not that wonderful. Some of y'all been waiting to do that anyway. <laughs> y'all been waiting for that moment. There, I just helped you out. I gave you, I threw you a bone. There you go. You're not that great. The reason why you're bearing fruit, I'm just playing with y'all. The reason why you're bearing fruit is because you're connected to the vine. The reason why you're bearing fruit is that because you're connected to Jesus. It's Jesus doing the work. Stay humble. Hudson Taylor said this, God uses men who are weak and feeble enough to lean on him. I like that. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse five and six. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of our being of ourselves, But our sufficiency is from who, saints? 
Is it on the screen? Y'all said it like y'all were guessing. <laughs> but our sufficiency is from who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, come on, read it with me, but the spirit gives life. Word for the day, stay humble. Jesus uses humble people. Jesus was humble and we should be humble. And if you're not willing to walk in humility, you can't abide. First Peter 5, 5 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the Humble. I told you the one condition of the heart is that God will resist pride. I told you the story of the pastor who was voted the most humble pastor in America. And the congregation gave him a medal that read to the most humble pastor in America. And then they had to take it from him the next Sunday because he wore it. (laughs) You'll get that on the way home. Somebody once said the problem with humility is when you realize you have it, you just lost it. As soon as you think, I sure am humble, you ain't. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, and there's a lot of verses in the Bible, y'all. Amen. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is Micah 6, 8. Micah 6, 8. You don't have to make it your favorite verse, but it's my favorite verse. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good And what the Lord requires of you to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. I love that. People come to me all the time. Pastor Rodney, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what my purpose is in life. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what's what's going on. I tell them, I know what you're supposed to do. You do? Yeah, I do. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before your God. You do those three things, you will be right with God. Do those three things. You'll be abiding in Christ. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly before your God. You'll continue to bear fruit. Abiding means, point number one, we are one with Christ. Point number two, let's move on. Abiding means we are dependent on Christ. Look at John chapter 15. Y'all still with me? Look at John chapter 15. Look at verse five. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. The branches that abide in the true vine are those who are saved and dependent on the vine for everything. Many times Christians are accused of being, you know, religious escapists. I've had people say, you know, you Christians are escapists because we as believers, we believe in the rapture of the church. Where are my people at? We believe in the rapture of the church. In other words, we believe that before the great wrath of God is poured out upon the earth, Christians will be raptured. Christians will be taken out. We will be snatched away, violently snatched away is what it means. We'll be violently ripped off of this earth, and then God's wrath will come on the earth. We believe in the rapture. Uh, We call ourselves here at Calvary Chapel pre-tribulationist. That means we hold a pre-tribulation view. Pre, before the tribulation comes, we believe God's going to come get us. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. 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 Pre-tribulation. And you know there are four positions concerning the tribulation. There's pre-trib, 
tribulationists, there's post-tribulationists, and they believe that the church is going to be here and then be taken, uh, be here during the tribulation and then be taken after the tribulation, caught up, be with the Lord after the tribulation. So there's pre-tribulation, post-tribulationists. Um, um, uh, what's the other one? Mid-tribulationists, thank y'all. Mid-tribulationists. And uh, anybody want to come preach? There's pre-tribulationists, post-tribulationists, mid-tribulationists, meaning some people think the first three and a half years and then God's going to come and get us and then the other three and a half years of wrath on the earth. And then there's pan-tribulationists, people that believe that uh, it'll all pan out in the end, so don't worry about it. There are those people. Here at Calvary Chapel, we hold a pre-trib position. Jesus is coming for the church. Somebody clap your hands before the tribulation. So there are people who say that, you know, you Christians, you know, you're a bunch of escapists. You, you know, you, you guys use Jesus as a religious crutch. Listen, I'll be the first to tell you, uh, I absolutely do use Jesus as a crutch. He is my crutch. And without him, I'd be flat on my face. There'd be no, no questions asked. And by the way, everybody has a crutch. Some people's crutch is drugs. Some people's crutch is rock and roll. Some people's crutch is hip hop. Amen. I had to throw that in there for some of y'all. Make sure I catch everybody. Some, <laughs> some of y'all crutches is, is, is your bank account. I mean, zeros you have in your bank account. You feel comfortable. Get those zeros down, you start feeling uncomfortable. It's your crutch. Some people's crutches their education. They're always talking about their education and where they graduated and how many degrees they have and how many letters they have after their name. They got an MS and a BS and an MEA and an MA and an MAA and an AAA. And, a... <laughs> and that's their crutch. Some people, that's their crutch. Jesus is my crutch. Jesus says to us, he wants us to lean on him. He wants to be your crutch. He wants you to lean on him. And many times, listen, God will allow things to happen in your life so that you don't have anything else to lean on. Your mama can't help you. Your daddy can't help you. Money can't help you. Religion, rank, prestige can't help you. Jesus is your only source and the only one that can help you. And God arranges it sometime that way. And when life comes at you, and life comes at you fast, we need to know that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and we stay connected to that vine. The truth be told, saints, listen, we are more dependent on the vine than we realize. We are more dependent on the Holy Spirit than we think. Listen to this article from the Associated Press. They released a study done by the Agricultural School in Iowa. Listen, it reported to produce 100 bushels of corn from one acre land, in addition to many hours of farm labor, required 4 million pounds of water, 6,800 pounds of oxygen, 5,200 pounds of carbon, 160 pounds of nitrogen, 125 pounds of potassium, 75 pounds of yellow sulfur, and other elements too numerous to list. In addition to these, which no man can produce, rain, sunshine at just the right critical time, it was estimated that only 5% of the produce of a farm can be attributed to the efforts of man. Think about that. And if we are honest, we'd have to admit the same is true in the Christian life in producing spiritual fruit. There's very little effort on your part. 
All you have to do is stay connected. The branch is so dependent on the vine, apart from the vine, the branch will die. And that's why it's critical that we abide in Christ. If a person does not abide, that's only proof that they were never really connected, that they were professors, but not possessors. They were pretenders. They were make-believers, not believers. Don't you understand that just because somebody says that I'm connected to the vine and I'm a Christian doesn't mean that they really are. You know, far too often I think that born-again, spirit-filled, Jesus-loving Christians are far too willing to separate the message from the messenger. I'll say that again. Far too often, born-again, spirit-filled, God-loving people are far too often willing to separate the message from the messenger. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.